coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, breaking down USA Rugby's breakdown, plus Major League Rugby fun, virtual and actual, stars, pundits, and banter. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig & Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and & Limber, stretch your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan, and I am joined by Stephen Lewis calling in from the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And Stephen, before we get into the hard work here about USA Rugby, how are you? What's going on in your neck of the, the COVID neck of the woods that you live in? Yeah, day 19 for me. Um, deteriorating menu choices by the day. Not, not what's available, just my choice of, of diet. So, um, yeah, it's going. And you're a man that likes to support the local community. Uh, you, you, you know, you don't, you don't make any bones about, you like ordering in, you like getting your laundry done. You like, you like helping the local economy and you really can't do that right now. Yeah. Spread the wealth, spread the wealth, pay the plumber, pay the painter, pay the barber. And maybe, uh, spreading the wealth can give us a segue into what we're here to talk about. And that is the Groundhog Day 2 the sequel to USA Rugby, to the sequel to USA Rugby, to the sequel to USA Rugby of the collapse of this organization. This time, it is in a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And I know that your hands are tied somewhat because you are a USA Rugby congressman, but my hands are not tied, and I am uh, more than a bit disgruntled. For somebody that's in the rugby space in America and covering this full-time, this is just, it's like some cruel joke. And the fact that the COVID-19 virus is being focused on as the reason this happened is disingenuous, to say the least. This, this bankruptcy, this restructuring was in the works. As per the leaked memo, which I have verified as accurate, USA Rugby was out of money Basically, March 31st, they couldn't afford to get or they would have much difficulty in getting the insurance for the board of directors, which is something that you absolutely need. And this COVID-19 thing fast-tracked that bankruptcy filing, but it also cost them dearly in terms of having a previous deal that was probably a better deal in place. But as per is the history of USA Rugby, which we don't learn from, there was indecisiveness and a kicking of the can down the road because they were probably going to get a good deal from World Rugby and maybe even a guarantee of a World Cup. That's speculation, I know. But instead, they waited, the virus hit, and now every single union across the planet is going to World Rugby with cap in hand. In full disclosure, I did invite the powers that be at USA Rugby to come on. Ross Young was set to come on. We were going to get on earlier in the week during the night. Then it was shifted toward the morning, and then came the email that the legal department advised him against it. And I just have to say that that legal department needs to watch this show because Ross has been on this show before when he was under fire or the organization was under fire. And I think everybody on the planet would say that it was a fair conversation and a necessary conversation, and it's necessary to happen again. Because if you don't talk about it and get ahead of it, then it becomes something else on the Twitter sphere and on Facebook and on Instagram. If you talk about it and get the facts out, then people can figure out, okay, this is what's going on. So Stephen, before my head explodes from the aneurysm that's building and this virtual studio is sprayed with blood, let's have you come on as the, the voice of reason and calm. The voice of reason and calm for once. Uh, good afternoon after that lengthy intro. 
Um, yeah, as you mentioned, obviously as a member of Congress, I'm not at liberty to discuss um, the goings on last week, right? The discussions up to the vote or the vote or any of the financials contained therein. So if, I might have to decline the odd question. Um, I can obviously talk about the context, how we got here. I can talk about what the future might look like. And, then, uh, and I'm not a bankruptcy lawyer, another disclaimer, but um, I can talk about the process. So I think, I think probably start there with the process. What, what does it mean and what are the next steps? All right, so let's start with the process. Like, I guess my first question, Steve, is the difference between Chapter 7 and Chapter 11, and will this just be uh, kicking the can down the road, or is this a viable long-term solution? You're right. We had financial problems. Uh, they were accelerated by this um, pandemic, they weren't caused by it, um, but it just basically telescoped the whole process. So USA Rugby has filed for bankruptcy, it has filed for Chapter 11 rather than Chapter 7, and that was a vote taken by the Board and Congress on Sunday. So that filing is out there in the public domain, list of creditors, it's all out there. The difference very quickly, Chapter 7, burn a house down, raise it to the ground, start again from scratch. There are some attractions to that for some people but it does uh, create problems for national teams, both in the near and midterm, in terms of competing. Uh, also would require recertification with, for, with World Rugby and with the Olympic Committee. So certainly not uh, an easy task. Chapter 11 essentially buys you a bit of time, 30 to 60 days, in which to reorganize. What that means is a bankruptcy panel is uh, created, board members, Congress member, uh, five persons, I believe, and under the uh, jurisdiction of a bankruptcy judge, they then negotiate with all the existing creditors in order to arrive at a solution. Everyone is you know, looking for a satisfactory resolution to this. It's a tough task. You need to get the creditors to agree to take less than what they're owed. You need the judge to sign off on it. And you also need the board and Congress one last time to approve the governance changes that are a condition of the World Rugby loan. So quite a lot there. All right. All right. First up, World Rugby continues to basically bail us out by lending us money. And for me, I look at this and I say, this is not the way to help the minnows swim to the top or become big fish. This is because I, I think that it should be a forgiveness of debt and it should be um, a bailout without the idea that you have to pay this money back. And that's what a chapter 11, in essence, could turn out to be. And that's why I think the cynical me, this is why World Rugby is still involved in this process rather than saying, hey, man, you're on your own. You got to figure out, put your house in order. So are we going to owe World Rugby what we are on the books currently now? Or is it going to be a reduced rate? Do we have any idea Etc. 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 In order for this reorganization to happen, they um, there's you know giving us a further loan. Um, so those details are what the process is. So we can't talk to that right now. That that will unfold over the next thirty days. We just hope that it's um, satisfactory from a USA Rugby organization viewpoint. Um, World Rugby support lots of unions. Okay, uh, they invest in high performance. They support essentially their own World Cup tournaments by investing in lots of different countries. Um, so we're not the only ones who receive aid in terms of grants from them. Obviously, we received a bailout 
a loan from them because of the World Cup Sevens debacle, and we're now going to receive another bailout. So in some ways, their uh, willingness to engage and help us out in our time of need, you know, is an indication of how they see the potential of USA Rugby. You know, for me, when I saw the, the initial notification that there was a bankruptcy declared, that's one thing. But then when you see the names and you see the entities that are going to be without the monies that they rely on or are getting paid, and it's, you know, it's not a lot of money in a relative sense when you're talking about athlete salaries, but when you see that they're not going to get that money or they are potentially going to get pennies on the dollar, it, it makes you see red. Yeah, again, we can't prejudge it. You know, we don't know what's going to happen here. I think the disappointing thing, I mean, there's multiple disappointing things, you know, how we got here, lack of leadership, lack of oversight. But this organization, you see, Rugby, owns, owes its own members' money, its own membership money. And that's sometimes, and those members are a little bit far down the list. So, so that's problematic. Beyond disappointing, it is having been involved for two, three years, sort of, sort of watching from the inside. It is uh, embarrassing. And I think uh, it's not, right now is not the time for <clears throat> the finger pointing and the blame and the recriminations. We've just got to trust this process for the next 30 days. But again, that, that phrase, trust the process, is something that every member of USA Rugby doesn't trust. They haven't trusted USA Rugby for, for a decade. And, and now they've got two financial fiscal debacles back to back. So what do we say to those folks? I can't deny that when certain people involved in certain of our issues, can we trust us this time? It's a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to do. Um, we've been burnt twice now. Um, but again, it's, it's almost put everything on hold for 30 days and let's see what happens. And I just hope that instead of hiding behind lawyers and legal advice, that a Ross Young or somebody else from the board will come on and talk to these issues and get in front of them. Because right now, if there's a positive and there isn't of this virus, is that USA Rugby and rugby, it's a game. So to talk about it now, while everybody is wondering if they're going to have a, a disease that's going to kill them, is kind of a good time to talk about it and not hide behind it. So what is leadership? It's clarity. Uh, and I think clarity would be useful. Um, final point really for me, though, is that, uh, and I've said this to quite a few people in the last few days when, you know, the dust is settling a little bit. It's like, we're talking about USA Rugby. We're talking about an organization. American rugby, that is the playing of the sport we love, will continue, right? When this lifts September, October, hopefully maybe July, August, you know, people are still going to play rugby. Club rivalries will exist. Colleges will play, right? The ball will get dropped. Tackles will be missed. Referees will be shouted at. The game will, you know, people will have fun. The game will go on. American rugby will go on. It'll be fine. It's just under what um, circumstances and who's organizing it. So that's my last positive, hopeful thought for you on this. Well, I certainly look forward to missing my next tackle in an old boys game. Hang on, hang on. You miss every tackle is what I heard. Every tackle. Well, Steve, you know, um, I sucked last year. I sucked this year and I'll suck next year. That's, that's what my coach said to me. But you mentioned fun and you mentioned rugby. And we do have more fun and rugby coming up after the break. We have Mr. Dan Power joining us, Mr. Brian Ray with a cameo and a very special 
big shot MLR star, Major League Rugby star, coming up right after this. So don't go away. back matt mccarthy in midtown manhattan steve lewis on the upper west side and dan power with the tiger kid yeah down in oklahoma uh, at the moment matt uh just getting out with my, my good friend here joe exotic and uh mittens so uh, bengal tiger how good a friend i haven't partaken in the uh, methamphetamine bribery yet steve so just good friends right now not close friends uh, don't cheat yourself. Steven, we were just talking about USA Rugby's woes. We calmed down during the commercial break. But do you have some advice for Dan? Because the Scottish deferred payments where his country is just making all these cuts. Each country's got to, you know, cut their suit to cloth, right? It depends on their personal circumstances. Um, uh, but as we said in the previous segment, cuts are endemic. They're all over the world. Everyone's got problems right now. The professional game has got problems right now. Australia, I'll let Dan speak to <laughs> yeah, there was troubles down under well before COVID-19 reared its head, Steve. I think everyone was aware that uh, television rights negotiations did not go well for Rugby Australia, but this has certainly magnified their woes. Very competitive landscape too, Matt, competing with Rugby League and Aussie Rules, which have done a good job of securing branding deals for the players. So a lot of the, the talented young rugby players are going over to Rugby League because the under-20s comp was on television. It gave them exposure. And it was better for their brand at the time. So there's a lot of battles for not only rugby globally, but rugby Australia in particular. So timing couldn't have been worse for them. But I'm sure you two touched on that uh, locally as well. That allows us to segue to Major League Rugby. Virtually, you had me on the edge of my seat with, was it Tucci hitting the kick and Steinberg all confused, not knowing if the kick was good because he was already thinking about his recap. Is that what was going on there? Yeah, he was getting ahead of himself, wasn't he, Matthew? Now, Tucci's great. He was part of a, a much larger program Twitch put on to raise money playing Fortnite with one of the Jonas brothers. Uh, just that alone for, for Alex and the Utah Warriors has been fantastic because it was watched by literally hundreds of thousands of people. So it gave the MLR some great exposure and Alex Tucci and the Warriors some great exposure. Steve, were you able to catch any of the virtual action? Unfortunately, between Game of Thrones, Succession and Tiger King, I missed it. Tiger King. Sorry, Matt. There's rumors going around that uh, Carol Baskin's actually going to start her own team down in Florida. And one of the MLA existing teams, one of the owners is calling in uh, the headman right now to send someone down there. But I can't confirm or deny that, Matt. All right, Dan, while Steve reminisces about his TV viewing, walk us through what happened this week. Well, the big news coming out of New York City is uh, Connor Wallace Sims uh, in his penthouse. Wherever he's living, I want to go move in there because... Will Leonard and Marco Keith are in a basement somewhere. They're Irish. Yeah. And then you go to Connor Wallace Sims in this penthouse with his view of Manhattan. So whatever he's done, it's working. But yeah, he uh, he didn't get the win. The Boston boys got the win over New York in this one. And then Brad Tucker, the turnaround, went from getting beat 0-50 to 50 to winning his last two games. It's good to be back in the, the good graces of Brad Tucker and the man crush as strong as ever. So what you're saying is it's turn around Tucker, not blame it on Tucker this week. Yeah, you can blame it on the sunshine, the good times, the boogie, whatever you want, but not Brad Tucker this week. Him and Ben Seema have created this electric uh, duo up there in uh, the Pacific Northwest. All right, gentlemen, let's take a quick break. 
but we'll come back with more Major League Rugby, specifically, gentlemen, our Coach of the Year picks in this abbreviated season. We'll be right back. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back. Mr. Steve Lewis, Mr. Dan Power, Matt McCarthy talking Major League Rugby, and we're moving from virtual Major League Rugby to the real thing. And we have our Coaches of the Year in this abbreviated 2020 campaign and who better to kick us off than brian ray who sent us in his taped pick gentlemen and here it is hi fellas sorry i couldn't be there live but i thought i'd send in this little hello uh, yes i am wearing a toque for you matt it's a little chilly up here in the north thanks uh, my choice for major league rugby coach of the year is andrew douglas of old glory dc uh, didn't have to think too long in this one he led his expansion side to a four and one record and really did it without a scrum i mean they could hardly win the ball on their own put in so uh, that's pretty remarkable when you think about it it's just a shame we didn't get to see how it played out for the rest of the season but uh what can you do? Stay safe, everybody. Brian Oot. Pretty good pick, right? You know, no, no, as Brian says, he had no front row. Uh, but let's get to your picks. Steven, why don't you lead us off? Coach of the year. Oh, you mean MLR coach of the year? I, I also go for Andrew Douglas, and here's the reason. So, you know, it's not just the win loss column, right? It's, um, Sometimes as a coach, things are dictated by, A, the squad you've got, obviously. It's what you do with that group of players in that period of time. So that's why I go for Andrew Douglas of uh, Old Glory DC. I don't know the guy. Um, I did think they were light coming into the year in terms of their squad. So their results have been, uh, I've got to be very heartening for their ownership and their fans. And that's why I think he should get the nod. He's done a good job with, um, with, that, with that group of players in an inaugural season. Daniel... You got something? Are you going to pick the Gilgronis head coach? You know what? You, you probably should, shouldn't I, being a Gilgroniac? But I really like Brian and Steve's pick, Andrew Douglas. But for disparity and for the, the sake of the show, Matt, I, I won't go down there as well. But what he did with the talent he had there and the way they were looking, especially before the season ended, I really feel like old glory of position to make a run on the East Coast there. Um, statistically, you'd say Rob Hoadley, right? Undefeated, did really well. I'm going to go with Chris Silverthorne up in Toronto. Had those guys dialed in, firing on the road. They had a great year and been performing really well. Only one loss on their record. And I thought maybe this could have been a year that Toronto ran quite deep. So I'll go with Chris Silverthorne for the Toronto Arrows. Take that, Brian Ray. Fair enough. And that leaves my pick. Gosh, let's see. I think I'm going to have to go with a guy that got the most out of his team with a, a lot of guys injured. They were just starting to get their pieces back together. And I'm going to go with none other than Nola Nate Osborne of the, the Nola goal. Oh, wait, Nate, Nate, is that you? Have you are you joining us right now? <laughs> Matt, how are you, mate? Good to see you, brother. I'm all, you're on hey, with Power and Steve Lewis, and they just picked their coaches of the year. They didn't pick you, Nate. I did. Mate. Thank you, Matt. Dan, Steve, come on, boys. <laughs> understandable understandable at the same time so nate how's you and yours pretty good that i know uh i know there's a lot of people that are sick down here it's starting to get to a little bit of a hot spot down here not as bad as new york and those areas that you guys are in but 
Um, yeah, the city's kind of shut down, which is weird for New Orleans. There's no one on Bourbon Street or anything like that. So it's kind of a ghost town right now. How is that uh, crispy, strong chin doing? It's good, mate. <laughs> crispy, strong chin. We've got some, uh, I'm in the clubhouse actually. So we've got some uh, words up that the uh, boys came up with this year that we were, uh, you know, that we wanted to play like. And, you know, I thought it was one of those short seasons that it kind of sucked for us because I thought we were getting better every week and uh, kind of bad timing that it, it kind of finished off because I, I felt really good about us this year. Well, what's crispy, strong chin? I thought you said crispy, strong chin. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I sat down in the, uh, I'm actually in Ryan uh, Fitzgerald, the GM's chair, and he's got all the, the, the words on the wall and the, uh, the pictures on the wall that we uh, have up in our, in our clubhouse, in our, uh, in our office area where we do our film reviews and stuff. And that's just uh, some words that we, you know, we always refer to uh, in terms of the way we want to try and play. Uh, something that the boys came up with at the start of the year. There was uh, a few different words and, and, you know, crispy just means that, you know, we want to be crisp in everything that we do. Strong chin means that you know, no matter what, if someone, you know, punches you, you always got to have a plan B. You're not going to do the old uh, Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson, whoever said, you know, everyone has a, you know, doesn't have a plan B when they get punched in the mouth. And then uh, the last one was resilience. It's a good thing when the boys come up with that, those words, because then we can keep referring back to them and say, you know, this is, these are the words that you guys want to live by. So, a uh, perfect example of that is when we uh, lost that game to Atlanta and, and coming out of that, going to Colorado, um, having a few injuries and then uh, having three guys down sick in the hotel that couldn't play that day. Uh, so finding out that we had, you know, five starters that were out and still coming out and, and sticking to those words and beating Colorado in Colorado, you know, that, that to me showed kind of the, all those words that, you know, the boys stuck to and we you know, kept referring to those this year. Yeah, Nate, you had a ton of injuries. Uh, you had players playing all different positions. You kept you kept them together. But was the biggest blow yeah. the fact that Tristan Blewett was Tristan uh, Blewett was not allowed to play because his mom said he couldn't? <laughs> Tristan, <laughs> Tristan's a great player. He was great for us. Um, but you know, we we actually we're, we're a sort of team that doesn't really you know think twice about things. So once Tristan said he was out, we went and got Julian Dominguez, who I thought you know stepped in seamlessly and. You know, did some really good things for us. Um, same with the injuries. You know, I think it, it kind of is one of those squads down here that, you know, get around the boys and get around each other and get excited for guys, you know, that get their opportunities. And those guys usually step up. All right. And Dan, do you want to apologize uh, to Nate, perhaps in <laughs> Australian, for not picking him as coach of the year and not even, not even addressing him at all this season. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, I need mate. to apologize to Nate for apart from that as well, Matt. But just bundle in. I'm actually trying to figure out the picture behind him, whether that's him or Brad Pitt. I'm having a tough time telling the difference between the two. It's a picture of uh, Ryan Fitzgerald dressed as Brad Pitt. There we go. So, so. There we go. Well, mate, my big one's about the community down there. I got to do uh, the Atlanta game and move to the, the gold mine was outstanding. How's the feedback been from the community in terms of the season canceling and then their commitment to come back next year and support Nola Gold. Yeah, it's, it's actually been huge, mate. Uh, it's one of those things that I thought, um, you know, like the team we, from year one to year three, we're getting better and better and the, and the crowds and the, the atmosphere and everyone understanding what we were doing was getting bigger and bigger. And um, just the support from around the town as well. You know, like we were on radio shows and uh, news and, you know, I'd wake up in the morning on a game day and they, uh, on the news in the morning, they'd be talking about our game. And when they're going through the weather throughout the city, uh, going through events and parades and all that sort of stuff, what you need to bring, they'd always bring up, 
you know, the gold plan at the gold mine. Most people weren't huge baseball people anyway. The baby cakes that were here before that, not only did they have a horrible name, they didn't have many people turn up to their games. And the stadium was phenomenal. And it's, I'm really excited uh, with what we're going to do to it over the next few years and turn it into what I believe is the best uh, rugby facility in, the, in America. You mentioned uh, waking up on game day. And in New Orleans, that's no easy task. And I, and I salute you again. <laughs> that's part of why you're co- my pick is coach of the year. But on a serious note, you know, it had to be a bummer. We talked to J.P. Smith of Seattle, how they were dealing with it. How, how are you guys staying in touch with all the, the sheltering, if you will? For me, it hasn't really been that huge a change. Uh, my wife homeschools our girls uh, as well. So for me uh, and my family, it's, it, it hasn't been a huge change. The only probably change is that, um, you know, in the afternoons, we're not going to the park and playing basketball or we're not. Uh, going out for dinner or anything like that. So in terms of the players, they're all pretty good. Everyone's disappointed, but they're all pretty keen to get back in and get stuck into fixing it up and, you know, finishing a season where we make the playoffs, which is a, a big deal for us down here. So you're going to be going into season four, which is, is just shocking to me to even say it when we're kicking off next year. And you and Hoadley are the longest tenured coaches, right? Is that accurate? That is, mate. Yep. Yeah, me and Rob are the only ones... Uh, survived from uh, the annual season, uh, which is which is awesome. Pretty remarkable to have that kind of continuity in this league. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think our ownership group down here, uh, Tim Falcon's a great man, and uh, and he believes in what we're building down here. And he, uh, he'll he sit in on some meetings with me and Ryan and, and really understand what we're trying to build uh, and really jumps on board with everything that, we you know, we put forward uh, in terms of making us better and making us, a, a, you know, a contender. And... Uh, so I think having that that belief and in us, you know, helps drive us to you know be better, you know, often on the field. Uh, gentlemen, do you have any questions of Mr. Osborne before we let him go? <laughs> not, all at, not all at once, guys. <laughs> I got Don't one panic, for you. Man. I got one for you, Nate. Any recruits out of Jamaica? I hear there's a domestic coach involved with <laughs> Jamaica. There's a lot of speed down there. Any chance you pick up some of the the Jamaican Crocs? Throw them on the wing. It's something that I can look into for sure. I can uh, get hold of Steve and have a look at some of the stuff he's doing down there and, and, and see what we can do because a uh, big Jamaican winger would be great. Steve, he's, he's wearing Jamaican green in his jersey. Yep, green and yellow. Is that purple yep. green got a problem with? A little purple. purple. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little Vikings purple, I call it. Minnesota Vikings purple in the green and gold. Oh, but, uh, God. Oh, yeah, my Steve, God. Mate. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> You're like me with the Mets, man. That's just, that's, that's horror. That's tragic. All right. So Nate, before you go, uh, cause I know you got, well, none of us really have anything to do, but, uh, <laughs> I know that you have inside info. Can you tell us any changes in the league that there are going to be some teams dropping out or some teams coming in? Can, what can you tell us, Nate? I don't think I should be the guy who makes these comments. mate. <laughs> that's okay. You can still do it. There is. <laughs> Uh, Just whisper it, whisper it. <laughs> There's probably going to be some stuff coming out um, at some point, I think. But, you know. Why not uh, have it here? Let's have it here. Yeah. I, the, the problem is, Matt, I actually don't 100% know. So. All right. Before, <laughs> one, well, I got one last question, and then maybe these two can actually act right. like they're on a show and maybe come up with a question <laughs> right. and not stare yeah, off yeah. aimlessly into space while we're, while we're talking. But. Any, yeah, yeah. any of the guys on the team test positive? No, we haven't actually had anyone uh, test positive yet. Um, I think a couple because of the guys... Because all the alcohol sick- kills anything in your system? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I would imagine with those blokes for sure. Um, but I mean, a couple of guys were, were sick pretty early in Colorado. Um, I don't know if they had that, uh, but they were, they were sick enough where they couldn't leave their hotel beds for a few days. So, um, but in terms of us around, there's really been, uh, no one that I know of that, you know, has, has got it. So, um, hopefully that just that trend continues everyone stays inside or whatever uh, everyone is supposed to do and and it just goes away and on that note gentlemen i'd like to thank the three of you for coming on mr steve lewis from the upper west side of manhattan taking his time away from his fine art collection and his library dan coming on and uh taking time away from his wild big cats and mr <laughs> nola nate osborne coming on from new orleans always good to see you guys thank you and stay safe on behalf Thanks, of these gentlemen matt mccarthy from midtown manhattan talking rugby signing off please hit that youtube subscribe button follow us on all social media platforms and sign up for our weekly newsletter